How many are glad to be here tonight? And I'm like the old guy that said, at my age, I'm glad to be anywhere tonight. <laughs> okay, if I remember correctly, we were, let me start uh, by saying this, we're in the Old Testament, right? The Old Testament, that's right. And if I, my memory serves me right, right, we've been talking about Jonah. All right, so let's go back to Jonah. <clears throat> and we'll continue on this evening from the book of Jonah. You remember that Jonah, one of the minor prophets, right? Why do they say minor prophets? Well, as far as I know, it's just because they're sh much briefer or shorter than the major. There are five major prophets, long books, uh, Isaiah, and so on. Uh, and there's 12 minor prophets. But there's something unique about the book of Jonah, and that is the fact that, as far as I can tell, Jonah was the only prophet that chose to disobey God's plan. And uh, he dug his heels in. You remember about Jonah? And that's why uh, the perverse, we call him in chapter 1, talks about Jonah, the perverse, the perverse prophet. Because the word perverse means willfully wayward. Willfully wayward. He knew what God wanted him to do, but he chose not to do it. And we know what happens through all of that. Maybe if we've read the story, we'll know before we're done. And we're going to take this just kind of one step at a time. I passed out some outlines last week, and, but I told you that I wouldn't be following the outline. But it is an outline to Jonah, and basically it gives you the outline that I will follow kind of in each chapter, and I'll have a separate outline for each chapter. But what I want to do and have chosen to do with you is just to go through verse by verse and just point out some highlights of things about Jonah that I have found challenging for my own heart. And so last time we didn't get very far. I think we only really, after passing out the papers and introducing and all of this, we only got through maybe one or two verses here, one or two thoughts, but we'll pick it up there. So let's bow in prayer. Dear Lord, tonight we thank you for your precious word. Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit who dwells within us, Lord, and teaches us all things and leads us into all truth. And Lord, we do pray that tonight as we look at your word that from the book of Jonah that we would learn some things. Lord, there are a lot of things there that caution us in terms of our walk with you and help us to take those words of caution and seek to be more in tune with what you want us to do with our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So we begin here, and I think last time I read the first chapter, which uh, if you were here, you'll remember that, and, but I won't, I won't take time to read the chapter every time until we go on to chapter two, then we'll move ahead with that. But let me just read tonight down as far as maybe, why don't I say maybe verse five, uh, in in, well, maybe verse six in chapter one. So it says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And he went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof, and he went down into it to go with them. Into Tash, unto Tashus uh, from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, 
so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners, which uh, mariners were afraid, and they cried every man unto his God, and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him, and he said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God, for so be, uh, if so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. Just remember that I mentioned just in the beginning last week that it's very interesting here that here in this passage it talks about the city of Nineveh to which God wanted to send Jonah to preach the word, the message. And by the way, we're not really told much about the message, are we? If you read the book of Jonah a number of times, you realize that it doesn't really give us much of Jonah's message. Jonah knew what it would be, but basically it was that he went through the city uh, announcing the fact that within 40 days, God was going to pour out his judgment upon Nineveh. Nineveh was a wicked, wicked, vile city. I, I took time to read a little bit of the history of Nineveh and why Jonah was so against their repentance and why Jonah was against God's turning his judgment away from Nineveh because Jonah would really, because of what Nineveh did to God's people, Jonah's mindset was, give it to them. They deserve it. And there was nothing Jonah would have loved any more than to see Nineveh, uh, see the judgment of God poured out on Nineveh. I was kind of surprised at that. I, I didn't imagine that any place would be that wicked until I read a little bit of history about Nineveh. And at that time had about 120,000 people. Now it would have, uh, the city of Nineveh would have about 400,000 people. But they were a vile, vile, wicked, wicked people, cruel. And some of the things that they did to torture their enemies, I wouldn't even mention from the pulpit. It was just unbelievable what that city was like. And, but yet it emphasizes the grace of God. And so God chose out Jonah to go to Nineveh and preach and, to, and, and, and announce that they needed to repent because within 40 days, God was going to pour out his wrath upon Nineveh. And, uh, uh, and that was his message. Uh, we're not given a lot of other details. It's just hard to imagine in that day, one man walking through the city uh, of about three days' journey, and I think that means that to walk from one end of the city to the other would be about three days. And he was constant, constantly, constantly just repeating that message, whatever it was. We just simply know that part of it was that God is going to bring judgment in 40 days, so there better be some repentance here. And so we, we tried to highlight the importance of one person. Uh, you know, different times in the book of Ezekiel, I may have mentioned this last week, the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel was a time when the moral, the moral condition of the world in the day of the Ezekiel the prophet was very much like it is today, had turned away from God and the, the atrocities, the moral degradation of society in Ezekiel's day was horrible. But what did God say uh, in Ezekiel? Uh, Ezekiel the prophet, he said to Ezekiel, he says, I sought for a man among them that should, that should stand in the gap, make up the hedge, stand in the gap before me for the land. Uh, but the Bible ends that verse by saying, and I found none. But God found Jonah. 
But Jonah was, Jonah was not willing to go. Uh, and how important it is to just remember, God knows what's happening in the world, dear friends. Believe me, it's easy for us not to think that. But God knows what's happening. He knew what was happening then with Nineveh. He knows what's happening with America today. He knows what's happening with the countries of the world. God is in control. May not seem that way. It will someday. Someday the Lord Jesus Christ will be seen to be the King of kings and Lord of lords. But it says here that Jonah, that God came to Jonah and he said, I want you to arise and go to that great city and cry against it for their wickedness has come up before me. Uh, but Jonah, now notice this with me if you would. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. You know, that should surprise us because, because Jonah, obviously, for God to choose him to be God's voice to pronounce coming judgment on 120,000 people as one of the prophets, it indicates that Jonah was, he was not any slouch spiritually, apparently. He, he was not a person who was, the things of God were foreign to. God chose him to be one of the prophets. And, and, and yet, yet, when it came time to, to do God's bidding, uh, he, he refused to go to Nineveh. He refused to go to Nineveh. But what ought to really surprise us is that he said he, he, he got up. Well, let me read it again, verse 2. And he arose, verse 3, but Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Now, Tarshish was in the opposite direction. Uh, he, he did just directly the opposite of what God wanted him to do. But the thing that kind of surprises me here, it says that he, he rose up to flee from the presence of the Lord. You know, dear friends, we must never forget, you cannot escape the presence of God. Now, Jonah should have known that. I think he did know that. But the Bible teaches us very clearly that, uh, and, 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 and a lot of people, a lot of people want to get out of the presence of God. Like Jonah, you know, they just don't want to have anything to do with God. But Jonah had to learn a lesson, and that is, you cannot get out of the presence of God. You cannot escape the presence of God. And so we find here, I do want to suggest something to you, that what Jonah did was, it says, and Jonah rose up to flee. That's what he thought he was going to do. His purpose in rising up against what God was asking him to do was to flee from the presence of the Lord. But being that the Bible teaches us, dear friends, that nobody can escape the presence of God. Let me read a passage to you. If you want to go back with me to Psalm 139, uh, this is a passage that probably many of you here, or a number of you may be familiar with. But Psalm 139, look at what the Bible teaches us here in this passage of Scripture, reading verse, especially verse 7 to verse 12. Psalm 139, verse 7 to 12. It says, the psalmist said, Whether shall I go from thy, from thy spirit? Or whether shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, he says, uh, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light unto me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, 
but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. You know, one great lesson we can learn just in the simple one of the things that we've mentioned so far is that very fact that God knows who you are. He knows where you are. God is pursuing you and me today. God loves you, and you can't flee the presence of God. Now, what was true in Jonah's life that he should have thought of, that number one, he should have realized, no, I cannot flee the presence of God. But he somehow, he somehow deceived himself into thinking that he could flee the presence of God. But what we can flee, dear friends, is the purpose of God and the plan of God and the power of God. And I'd like to suggest to you that this, in actuality, was what Jonah ended up doing. He didn't really flee the presence of God, though he thought he might be able to do that, because God sent a mighty wind, as we read a moment ago. God knew where he was. He knew where that boat was and those mariners and, and the boat that he was on. He knew all about that. God knew where he was. He didn't escape the, he didn't escape the person of God, did he? The, the, but he escaped, he escaped, as it were, God's purpose. And he refused to do God's purpose. He refused to, to do God's plan. God always has a plan for the purpose that God has for our lives. Let me remind you, as I need to be reminded of every once in a while, dear friends, that God has a plan for my life. And, you know, sometimes we think of God's plan as, oh, yeah, what person am I going to marry? What job am I going to What's going to be my vocation? When am I going to go to college? Oh, yeah, I want to know God's plan. Listen, dear friends, if that's all we think about God's plan, we're going to miss it altogether. You know, the truth of the matter is God has a plan for you every single day of your life. God has a plan for you every moment of every day. His plan is perfect. He has, he has a, a, a way that he wants us to live our lives and how he wants us to treat others and, and, and he, what he wants us to, to participate in, our actions, our activities. God has a, he has a plan for us. And God has a purpose for your life. It's so easy to forget that. We get busy with life, don't we? we you know, we get busy with all the routine of daily responsibilities and just taking care of all the things that we need to take care of every day. And uh, when you get older, you slow down, so it seems like you get more to do. But, uh, but listen, dear friends, we must never forget that in the routine of every day, God has a plan for you and for me. And God's plan is to honor him in every detail of our lives. But, jo but Jonah, Jonah forgot that. Jonah forgot that. He thought he, could, he thought he could escape the presence of God when all he ended up doing was escaping the purpose and the plan and the power of God. Because, you know, it's God's power that enables us to live the Christian life. How many of you have thought, as I have and all of us have at one time or another, well, you know, the Bible is pretty, is, is pretty demanding and God's word is is pretty clear, and the principles of this book are pretty high, and, and God's standard is, is a holy standard. And I, I, I just can't live by the Bible. I can't live, I, I can't do that plan and live the way God wants me to every day. Well, that's why, dear friends, the Bible says, for it is God that worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. You see, God doesn't, one person has said, you know, the Christian life isn't difficult. The Christian life isn't difficult. The Christian life is impossible. 
if we try to live it in our own strength. But when we seek to live it in the power of God, then we find, dear friends, that God leads us and directs us. But don't be like Jonah. Don't be like Jonah. When he found what God's will was, he took drastic measures to escape uh, and to get away from the presence of God when not actually all he left was the purpose, plan, and power of God. And notice here, and I don't think I pointed this out this last week because I don't think we got this far even, but it says, but Jonah rose up in verse 3 to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and he went down. And you notice if you follow down through there, three different times it says he went down. There it is in that place to flee the presence of the Lord, and he went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof, and he went down. He went down into it, and so forth. Then you come down to verse 5. It says, in verse 5, it says, I'm sorry, verse 10, and Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship. Let me tell you something tonight, dear friends. It is a fact that when you and I disobey God's plan for our lives, it's always going down from there. It's always down. It's never up. Disobedience to the Lord never moves us up. It always moves us down. Something else I want you to notice here that it says in verse 3, that when he found this ship, he went down, uh, it was going down to Joppa, he found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare thereof, and he went down. Isn't that interesting that when he got down to the water's edge, he had made up his mind he was going in the wrong direction. He was not going uh, to Nineveh. He took the opposite direction. And isn't it amazing that when he got down to the dock, right then there was a boat there going in the wrong direction. Amazing, isn't it? You know, somebody said, I wrote this little note in my Bible. I was showing somebody my Bible before. They wondered how I was even going to be able to decipher all the writings. But I wrote this in the margin of my note. When believers decide to stray away from the presence of God, away from his purpose, his plan, and his power, Satan will always provide transportation. The old ship was there waiting. I want to tell you, dear friends, you'll find that true. If you want to live for God and please him with your life, you will find that God will provide the way. God will open the doors. God will give you the strength and the ability. Don't ever think, I don't want to be a Christian. I don't want to walk with God. I don't want to play the, the Bible is too rigid. Because it isn't, dear friends. God gives us the power of his Holy Spirit. He provides for us to live and walk with him day by day. And to do his will, to fulfill his purpose, to fulfill his plan uh, and live in, in the power that he gives us. But if we decide to run away from God, you can be sure that Satan will provide the transportation. Always is true. Satan will make it easy to disobey the Lord. How sad that is. And it will always be down. Underline these things in your Bible if you don't mind. Underline the times that it says, and he went down, he went down, he went down. You know, that should have been a, uh, a cue to, to Jonah that, wow, ever since I decided to disobey the Lord, everything has been down. Everything's been down, and that's the way it will be. And then we come to verse 4 again, and I want to point out something else there, that you may have picked up on some of these things anyway without me even mentioning them. But as I read, as I read this, this uh, 
uh, Jonah through a number of different times. I kept seeing these little things, and I thought, boy, I, that, that just, just stands out to me. Here's something else that stood out to me. It says, but the, in verse 4, it says, But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Then it says, Then the mariners were afraid and cried, Every man unto his God, and he cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea. Now you think about that for a moment. You know, we seldom, we seldom are willing to face dear friends the great cost of disobeying the Lord. And you know, when a Christian disobeys the Lord, oftentimes a lot of people pay the price. A lot of people suffered a great loss because of Jonah's disobedience. You know, the owner of the ship, the owner of the ship, quite a value there. All of the wares, it says, that were in that ship, that load of whatever they were hauling that day, totally gone, thrown overboard. And the great danger of all of the mariners themselves nearly lost their lives. You know, I thought to myself about this different times as I've read this passage of Scripture. I wonder how many people have suffered loss in their lives because of sin in my life. Times when I have disobeyed the Lord. Times when I when I've thought I could get out of the presence of the Lord and not obey what He's telling me to do. We need to understand, dear friends, that, that a, a, a child of God, you never sin alone. You never sin alone. And when you disobey the Lord or enter into anything that dishonors the Lord, there are probably other people that are going to be hurting for it. Uh, we don't have to think even further than just our, our parents when we're young people and children or moms and dads and so forth. Uh, how true, dear friends, that is that, that when people disobey the Lord, there is a great price to be paid. And you can read the book of Jonah through a number of times and maybe not even think of that. But somebody lost. Somebody lost a great deal because of Jonah's, because of Jonah's sin. But here's the interesting thing. Where was Jonah? Well, all the rest of them were, were, were experiencing shipwreck and losing the boat and losing all the wares and everything that was thrown overboard. Where was Jonah? He was down in the side of the ship, fast asleep. You know, sometimes in ministry, and you probably have had this experience too. You know, God, God has burdened my heart many times for people that I've seen that have kind of headed in the wrong direction with their life and have just given me a sincere burden for them and, and so, and given me an open door to talk with them or to go visit them or share with them or, or bring that to their attention. And you know, sometimes I've come to the conclusion that it's just like the situation with Jonah. I cared about their need and situation a lot more than they did. You know, Jonah should have, he should have cared about what was happening, but where was he? He was fast asleep, fast asleep. And so listen, dear friends, tonight, I said 20 minutes, I was going to kind of stop, better keep my word, hadn't I? That... When we disobey the Lord, we can hurt a lot of people. When we disobey the Lord, there may be a lot of people have to suffer for that. 
And we have a great responsibility to do God's will, to do God's leading, because God, like with Jonah, God has a purpose, he has a plan for our lives, and he has the power to enable us to be obedient to him. And so let's pay attention to these thoughts from Jonah and say, Lord, help me, help me to learn something here, practical things, practical things. Dear Lord, thank you for just these few moments